Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture and happy National Agriculture Day. Lots going on around the country to observe National Agriculture Day. Lots of activities going on in our nation's capital. Big event right now uh, at USDA. Vice President Pence scheduled to uh, speak at that event. So we have lots to talk about on this National Agriculture Day. We're going to take a look at the ag economy. Where are we here on National Ag Day 2018? Ernie Goss, Creighton University economist with the Rural Main Street Index, will join us a little bit later on in the program. We're also going to talk issues with Roger Johnson, president of the National Farmers Union, and we'll talk more about the tax situation, especially that 199A's uh situation with Paul Neifer, a CPA with Clifton Larson Allen. All that coming up a little bit later on in the program. But again, it is National Agriculture Day, a day set aside to do what we should do every day, and that is thank our farmers and ranchers and all those in the supply chain who help provide us with the food, fiber, and fuel we need, but unfortunately so often take for granted. You know, when you travel to other parts of the world and see empty store shelves and how little food some people have, it makes you appreciate what we have in this country. Sadly, though, it has become commonplace for those with full stomachs to criticize our food producers and our food production system. That is a luxury many people around the world just don't have. Agriculture not only provides us with our food, fuel, and fiber, but also jobs, economic growth, and, I think this is often overlooked, national security. A nation can only be secure when it doesn't have to depend on others for its food. So today we say a well-deserved thank you to our farmers and ranchers for a job well done. As I mentioned, there are activities going on all around the country to observe National Agriculture Day. A lot of things happening in our nation's capital and at USDA. Secretary Purdue is going to be there. A lot of dignitaries, a lot of people we know that the the chairman of the... um, Senate Ag Committee Pat Roberts is there and and many others as they await uh, Vice President Pence to uh, be there to make the uh, proclamation. Uh, The White House put out that proclamation yesterday, uh, uh, officially observing today as National Agriculture Day. There are a lot of issues still for agriculture to deal with, too, and one of those being the Farm Bill that really is at an impasse, it would seem, right now uh, in the House Ag Committee and word out from Chairman of the House Agriculture Committee uh, Mike Conaway that he's going to be having more discussions to see if they can find a way to break through on this impasse that uh, seems to center mostly around the nutrition title around food stamps big divide there between Republicans and Democrats and that uh, really right now holding up the uh, the farm bill in the House Ag Committee. So that's a huge issue as well as concerns over trade. Um, there have been some more reports come out, maybe some kind of movement on NAFTA. We'll see about that. But uh, right now the focus is on celebrating agriculture and on this National Agriculture Day. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's a day that all of us need to stop and think about where our food and fuel and fiber comes from and Say thank you to a farmer. You have a, if you uh, meet a farmer, you're running across a farmer, you know some farmers, tell them thank you. They don't hear it nearly enough for all the great work that they do to provide us with the food, fuel, and fiber that we need each and every day. Um, you know, I learned a long time ago that if the world depended on me to be a provider of food, we'd probably go hungry. I am thankful for those who have that talent and commitment and dedication to 
providing uh, that food, uh, making that commitment through all the struggles, through all the hardships, through all the challenges to stay with it. I am very thankful for those that do that. So to our farm and ranch families all across the country, thank you very much. To all those in the production uh, chain, as I mentioned earlier, you know, agriculture is a great economic engine for this country, often overlooked, but provides lots of jobs, a lot of economic growth and activity throughout the country. So it, uh, it's, it's very, very important, and it gets overlooked so often. That is what's sad that so many people do not uh, realize what it takes to get the food to them. And they just are used to going to the grocery store and seeing uh, the shelves stocked with many choices of different of products. And you don't have that in a lot of places around the world. And um, it's something that, unfortunately, we just take for granted. As I mentioned earlier, it's easy for a lot of people to criticize and say, oh, we shouldn't be doing this, we should be doing that. Um, that is a luxury that a lot of people around the world just do not enjoy, uh, do not have. So. We need to think about this as we look at, you know, who's going to produce our food and fuel moving forward. Um, you know, national security is at play here. I mentioned this in my opening comments that if you can't provide, you know, if you can't sustain yourself with your own food, if you have to depend on other countries, then you are not truly secure. We've, we've seen this with energy over the years. We're doing a better job now at producing our own energy, but for years we were dependent, held hostage many times by other countries, not always friendly with us, but we needed their oil, we needed their energy. Well, now we're getting better at providing our own, but uh, we've always enjoyed this uh, great advantage of being able to feed ourselves and not depend on other countries for food. So that is something we have to always protect, safeguard moving forward, and that's why a lot of the issues we talk about here on Adams on Agriculture uh, whether it's farm bill or trade or whatever, these are very important to making sure that our farmers and ranchers can, can continue to be on the land and producing that food and fuel and fiber that we depend on each and every day. So that's what we're doing here on National Agriculture Day, a salute to our farmers and ranchers and all those involved in agriculture around the country. Say thank you to them for their hard work. But there are many challenges, and uh, Dr. Ernie Goss is going to join us next. He's Creighton University economist who puts out the Rural Main Street Index. It's kind of a monthly snapshot of where we're at with the, uh, with the rural economy and what's the attitude and mood in the countryside uh, with farmers and ranchers, with lenders. Uh, how do they feel about the ag economy? Are they optimistic? Where are the positive signs? Where are the trouble spots? You know, we've been struggling for quite a while now with this ag economy. Are there any signs that we're going to break out? We'll talk with Ernie Goss about that in just a moment. Roger Johnson, president of the National Farmers Union, will be joining us as well today. I want to talk a lot of these issues with him. Farmers Union having uh, some different perspectives on some of these issues and some of the other groups. We'll get his thoughts. And the ongoing battle with opioids in this country, that crisis that is uh, impacting so many the National Farmers Union working with the American Farm Bureau and others to address that. And also, Paul Neifer, CPA with Clifton Larson Allen, will join us. We'll get an update on that uh, Section 199A tax situation and more. So lots to talk about on this National Agriculture Day. Thank you for joining us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. The mighty Prosaro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. 
the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126. Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. MyPillow now offers 50% off their four-pack special. That's two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. 50% off MyPillow's four-pack special. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Hey, welcome back on this National Agriculture Day. I've said this many times over the years, but, you know, when I look back on growing up working on a farm, it was, I didn't realize it at the time, but I've realized it many times since, it was the greatest education I've ever had. You know, I didn't appreciate it back then when I was get up every morning I'd be cleaning out a farrowing house or you know putting up hay and straw on a very hot day or building fence or cutting thistles out of a out of a pasture or filling up a manure spreader being on the working end of a pitchfork at the time I didn't see a lot of value in those things but uh, boy looking back the uh, the lessons of hard work and what farmers and ranchers do on a daily basis to provide us uh, our food and you know their commitment and dedication and how less than two percent of our population 
does that so the rest of us don't have to you know we don't have to think about when we get up of a morning uh, how we're going to produce enough food to, to live that day you know we have others doing that for us and again we say thank you to our farmers and ranchers uh, I, I, I wish every young person could spend some time on a farm uh, and I think it would be a great part of their education and those that don't miss something that's very important because you know many of them aren't going to become farmers but they'll probably do something perhaps ag-related with their career, but certainly if we could all, if our whole population, our whole uh, society would have a better understanding of uh, what it takes to provide them with their food, uh, we'd be in such better shape if we had more understanding because we have such a disconnect right now between uh, uh, agriculture and those off the farm, and that's a challenge we're constantly facing, trying to bridge that gap. So. I think a great way would do it be part of our education system, let young people spend some time on a farm and learn firsthand. But uh, I know those are great lessons that I've uh, I benefited from and many others have as well. And also learn the challenges farmers have, whether it's in markets or weather or government policies or whatever it may be. And certainly there are plenty of those challenges right now. And uh, someone who does a great job of giving us a snapshot every month of just where we're at with his rural Main Street index is Ernie Goss, great university economist. Ernie, thanks for joining me here on uh, my new show, Adams on Agriculture. Good to talk with you, Ernie. Oh, good to be with you, Mike. Well, tell us about the latest snapshot in your rural Main Street index. Uh, are we seeing any... Uh, Positive signs? We are, Mike. This is, of course, a survey of bank CEOs in rural areas of 10 states. And these, of course, areas depend on agriculture and a few other uh, in terms of energy. Looking much better. Uh, in fact, we had the first time, uh, we had two straight months now of the overall index above growth neutral. The first time we've seen this since 2013. So even though the USDA is saying ag income is going to be down for 2018, our our indicator is, is moving forward. And I, I hope that's a, a signal of good things to come for the agriculture sector in the heartland of America, the rural Main Street area. Well, break it down a little bit for us. Uh, what area is showing the, the most uh, positive signs? Well, primarily we're seeing uh, everything's moving up. Uh, Mike, we're seeing farm, uh, now farmland prices continue to not be where we'd like to see them, of course, but that's moving forward. I'd say in, the, in uh, farm equipment still still not as strong as we'd like to see. Uh, farm loan demand growing. We're seeing uh, farmers uh, going and, and requesting greater, larger loans, and they're getting those in most cases. There is some uh, fear, at least among the bankers, that we could see uh, increasing foreclosures and delinquencies uh, of uh, farm loans or uh, farm land loans. So that's a, that's another thing we'll, we'll keep our eye on going forward. Yeah, that's a key area, Ernie, because, uh, one, it's good to hear that credit is available to farmers that need it, but... The concern is going to be if the economy doesn't uh, keep improving, the ag economy doesn't improve, uh, the challenge of repaying those. And uh, there's been more focus lately on how much uh, borrowing there is, how farmers have, depending on that uh, credit, to get it, get them by through this tough time. Right. And this month we asked how Dodd-Frank was affecting their uh, the bank's ability to lend. And it's had 70% of the bankers said that was having a negative impact on their ability to meet the needs of, of farmers out there. And I have to say one of the real key factors going forward, don't, certainly don't need an economist to tell everybody this, but NAFTA, the negotiations that are going on in NAFTA and other trade factors are key, key, key to the agricultural sector going forward. 
We're talking with Ernie Goss with Creighton University and his rural Main Street Index. Ernie, as um, as we look at the different factors uh, as far as grains, livestock, parts of the country, what stands out to you? Well, I think that grain is now improving, and that it, we'd seen livestock doing uh, better. Uh, that would be, of course, in this part of the country. We survey now. This is a uh, stretching from Colorado over to Illinois, up north to North Dakota, Minnesota, down south to Kansas and Missouri. Those ten states. Uh, livestock have been doing reasonably well. Now we're seeing uh, at least grain looking better as uh, corn prices. They're still not back to where we need to see them, but they're certainly moving in the right direction. And again, uh, you're talking, in your survey, you're talking with bankers uh, around the country, right? Uh, that's right. Uh, again, 10 states. Uh, average community size, Mike, is about 1,300. So we're not surveying the banks, the big banks, in the uh, urban areas of the region. We're looking at small banks. Uh, in North Dakota, some of those would be dependent on uh, energy as well as agriculture, two sectors, of course, that are very important to the nation. I have to say, and you, you brought it out earlier in your commentary, this is, we're, an, we're the U.S. is an, I'll call it an agriculture and energy juggernaut, and we need to take advantage of that and make sure those two sectors continue to move forward. Of course, the concern, Ernie, uh, we've had, you know, depressed prices for a while now, a lot, and the forecast not overly optimistic for this no. year, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, you know, if we don't see that turnaround, uh, that's going to be something that we're going to really have to watch and see how much longer this downturn is going to go. That's right. We'll see more and more consolidation of uh, farms. We'll see more and more uh, consolidation of banks. And I don't think that's what we want to see na- nationwide. Uh, I think it's healthy to have ag- uh, farms uh, at the size we're now seeing. For example, in Nebraska, the state I'm in, average grain, uh, the average uh, farm size is about a thousand acres for uh, for a grain farmer. And you know, we, we don't. Want, I don't think it's all that helpful to see us moving much higher than that. We talked this week with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Their numbers of sales of equipment, while not where they certainly like them to be, all things considered here early in the year, not too bad. That's another kind of an indicator, I think, of farmer confidence in moving forward. That's right. The manufacturers are doing better. We're seeing that. Unfortunately, in the the communities, the uh, the retailers are not doing as well. Those selling directly to the farmer, farmers are still reluctant to take on that debt to to purchase that equipment. But if we see again grain prices moving higher, I'd like to see them move up as much as twenty to twenty five percent higher. That would certainly be an inducement for the farmers to take to purchase some of the equipment because we do see needs out there for that for the farmer in terms of equipment. Ernie, do you do any historical uh, checking as far as where we're at now, how this compares to past downturns and tough times in the ag economy? Well, Mike, it's not like the 1980s, and that's that's always the fear where we had foreclosures rolling across the region. This is not nearly like that. Uh, the, there is stress out there, but farmers did, did not take on debt, the excessive debt, and, and, by, and the and the bankers did not uh, overly aggressively lend. So even though it is a tougher time for for farmers today than it was in 2013, it's still not even close to what we saw in the 1980s. I want to go back and pick up on something. Uh, 
you'd mentioned about there there were loans being made because there were a lot of concerns how tight would credit be this year after the downturn the last couple of years uh, would that credit be available evidently it has been in most cases it still remains fairly available although that's uh, getting tighter mike we've got uh, there is a concern there and, and we've had a lot of consolidation in the banking sector by that i mean some of the community banks are now a part of a larger bank in an urban area and that's a concern can they really meet the needs are they that familiar with the needs of the farmer in those areas i i for one want to see these community banks that are have them locally on more more knowledgeable on what's going on in their own area and what the needs of the farmer is it's a bigger challenge we know that and having a good relationship with that lender is so critical but uh those faces change a lot in the banking industry, as you mentioned. So that's uh, that's making it more of a challenge, too. All right, Ernie, thanks for the, uh, the snapshot of where we're at right now. Hopefully we'll have better numbers and better reports uh, as we go along here through 2018. But good to talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Nice talking to you, Mike. Our next survey will come out for, for, the, for the month of uh, April. All right, we'll look forward to seeing what's in that one and talking again. Thanks, Ernie. Ernie Goss, Creighton University economist, with his Rural Main Street Index. All right, big issues, farm bill, trade, opioids. We're going to talk about some of those issues with the president of the National Farmers Union. Roger Johnson will be joining us next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. ESN is a responsive nitrogen. That means it does something amazing. This. That's the sound of ESN getting ready. Carefully, quietly calculating the exact moment to respond to your plant's needs. Why is that amazing? Because while other nitrogen might denitrify, volatilize, or leach away, ESN stays put inside its polymer coating, saving your nitrogen investment until... The same triggers that spur plant growth tell ESN it's time to get busy and deliver the nitrogen your plants need. And ESN's controlled release technology means your plants get season-long feeding. Remember, when it comes to nitrogen, this beats and every time. Effective nitrogen, that's a given. Responsive nitrogen, that's amazing. That's ESN. Go to smartnitrogen.com to learn more. Time for a market update here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and soybean futures trying to stabilize after starting the week with losses. Analysts say that traders are testing the market's appetite for a little bit of a rebound, especially in the wheat futures. We're bending a bit in corn futures, despite the fact that USDA said that private exporters sold 110,000 metric tons of corn to Peru for 2017-18. On the charts, the May corn contract now trading below its 10-day, 20-day, and 40-day moving averages. On the upside, gap resistance lies right around 382. An hour into the day, May corn at 373 and three quarters, down a penny and a quarter. Soybean futures broke to the downside on Monday. We broke the 40-day moving average support level on the May contract. An hour in, May up three and a quarter, 1025 and three quarters. On the upside, minor resistance lies at 1027. 
For the wheats, we're trending in a mix after a topside start in early activity. Today's seven-day forecast still showing not much in the way of rain expected for the southwestern U.S. plains. Chicago wheat trending a penny and a fraction higher, one to two lower in Kansas City, one to two and a half higher in Minneapolis spring wheat. Livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, we continue to bend 40 to 82 cents lower. Feeder cattle, 60 to $1.30 lower. Waiting on cash cattle activity in the south, bids in Kansas and Texas seen at 125 on a live basis. Lean hog futures nearby April up 7 cents per hundredweight at 63.17. Outside markets, the Dow up 128, S&P 500 up 4, April crude oil in New York up $1.12. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back on this National Agriculture Day. We welcome the president of the National Farmers Union, Roger Johnson. Roger, thank you for joining us. Hey, Mike. You're welcome. How are you? Very good. Well, big day, National Agriculture Day, a day to salute and celebrate uh, the great work of our farmers and ranchers across the country. And I mentioned this earlier, you know, uh, too often their work goes uh, unnoticed or taken for granted. And uh, at least maybe today we can get that that uh, that spotlight focused on them as it should be to thank them for all their work. You know, it's amazing how many uh, how many people just don't really connect agriculture to what's important in their daily lives. And so I appreciate all the work you're doing to highlight that, uh, not only today but all all year long. Well, we get word out of Washington that uh, Chairman Conaway says, uh, telling reporters, no farm bill draft this week, still negotiating. Are you getting uh, concerned, nervous about uh, th- this farm bill and getting it done? Well, you know, most of last year I I was pretty optimistic that we'd get a farm bill done on time. It would be unusual if it is done on time. We should remember that. Uh, and so as to whether I'm getting nervous, yeah, I I think it's increasingly less likely that we get a farm bill done this year for lots of reasons. But uh, certainly this uh, slowing down in the House is, uh, is one of those reasons. So you don't think it'll get done or a good chance it may not get done this year to be into next year? I do. Yeah, I think 
I I mean, it can still get done this year, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that it slips into next year. I mean, look at when's the last time we had a farm bill that was done on time? I mean, it's a generation. So it's not like it routinely happens. And, you know, this is a place that is increasingly dysfunctional and unable to get things done. Uh, you know, the last farm bill, what blew that up? Uh, was the nutrition title. And, uh, you know, there was this really strong push from the far right, uh, the Tea Party folks in particular that wanted the nutrition title separated from the farm bill. And, and you know, everyone in this, in this industry understands that you need three building blocks politically to get a farm bill done. You need the farmers, the ag, the agricultural groups. You need the conservation community, and you need the nutrition community. If you don't have those three groups, you just don't get it done. I mean, there are ten times as many people that are impacted by the nutrition title as any of the other titles, and that it's important for us to remember that. You know, we a lot of times talk about. Uh, the need for a safety net for agriculture. And we believe very strongly that the safety net ought to be there to help when times are tough, you know, when crop prices collapse, when disasters strike. Um, and the same argument really can be made for uh, for folks who are down on their luck, who, you know, they lost a job, they, uh, you know, maybe it's a single mom and, and uh, several kids and, uh, you know, they don't have income, and so uh, getting food for not only just for daily living, but WIC programs and school lunch programs, all those kinds of things are really important to folks that uh, that are down on their luck, and we need to recognize that. So, it's you know, it's without that, we just don't pass a farm bill. And that's where they're hung up right now. Differences uh, over. It, it the seems that program. way. Yeah, it's it seems like in the House, you know, there's, and we've seen this for a long time coming because Chairman Conaway is, you know, he has to try and deal with that wing of his party that wants more cuts to nutrition, um, and yet the urban folks, in particular, and you know, this is a country where the urban areas are largely Democratic, and the rural areas largely Republican, uh, the the urban folks really want uh, nutrition as their fundamental ask in a farm bill. And if they don't get that, uh, you know, they're not going to vote for it. And, and there's, there's also another piece of this that we sometimes forget, and that is that, uh, you know, if you, if you talk to Chairman uh, Roberts in the Senate, he makes no bones of the fact that you can't be making cuts in the nutrition title or he doesn't pass a bill out of his chamber at all. It's got to be bipartisan over there. So uh, they've got to, you know, they got to sort this out. And, uh, you know, Chairman Conway's got a tough job. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, he's got to get her done. Yeah, those are the political and social realities that the, the writers of a farm bill have to uh, to deal with to get a bill that will will pass. We'll see if they can do it. Roger yep. Johnson, president of the National Farmers Union, is with us. Roger, any issues in particular the Farmers Union wants to see uh, addressed in this farm bill? 
Well, yeah. I mean, we uh, we we would start with Title One, which is the commodity title, uh, and also crop insurance. I mean, we uh, farmers very much rely on crop insurance, and they very much, particularly given how much financial stress there is in agriculture today, net farm income is less than half of what it was five years ago. Uh, you know, it, you can. Just imagine if you are a farmer who started farming in the last 10 years, uh, you started with a relatively high cost structure and you're seeing market prices half of where they were uh, at the peak. Uh, that's just an enormous uh, uphill financial battle to, to try and stay in the business. So we want we want a strong safety net in Title One. Uh, we would put a lot of emphasis on the PLC program because that's more price-based, uh, and all indications are that if farmers had the choice of a new farm bill, uh, they'd pick PLC largely over ARC this time around. Uh, so we would hope that that uh, they're able to move those uh, those reference prices higher to provide a little more of a safety net for farmers uh, on the price side. Uh, you know, obviously the conservation pieces, uh, there's a lot of back and forth on that right now. Uh, and we support a strong conservation title. I mean, at the end of the day, here's the real challenge that I think Congress faces with the Farm Bill. Everyone who weighs in on this bill has an ask. And every one of those asks is for more money. And the members of Congress are all saying there is no more money. I think that's an enormous challenge, how they write a farm bill without new money, given how difficult the financial situation, the economic outlook is in agriculture today. That's just a huge, huge challenge, Mike. They, they really need to find a way to put more money into this farm bill so you can move some of these reference prices higher so you can have a strong conservation title so you can keep crop insurance largely intact so you can you know those plus snap that's where all the money is in the farm bill all the yeah, rest of the titles uh, you know it's just a, a percent or two they're trying to do more with less money and that that's what's making it so very very difficult that's yeah. for sure roger yeah. let's switch to trade we're trying to figure out how this is all going to work out with nafta and, and a lot of the other trade issues tariffs now uh yeah what's your take on what's the trump administration policies here when it comes to trade well listen uh the policy there's a distinction that we would have with the president on his policy versus the politics or the tactics that he uses. We frankly believe that he is correct in saying that this enormous trade deficit needs to be reined in. Uh, it's over half a trillion dollars a year. It's a 3% drag in our economic growth. Yes, agriculture has a trade surplus. That's a very good thing. But agriculture's trade surplus is about 4% of the overall trade deficit. So he's right in saying that we've got to focus on the trade deficit. And by far, the biggest problem with the trade deficit is China. Where we think he's really making mistakes is how he treats uh, trading partners. Uh, I, for the life of me, I don't understand the 
methodology or the thought behind first offending your partners before you sit down and say, hey, let's make a deal. Uh, it just strikes me as being not very helpful. Uh, and so I think we've got a real, we've got a real problem that, that we're going to be facing in agriculture and backing off on the tariffs in particular as they relate to China. Uh, and frankly, you know, all of the, the, the uh, IP theft and, you know, the nationalized uh, 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 companies that they have over there that are, that are communist controlled, they behave in a very non-market economy fashion. And we need to come to grips with that. Uh, so I don't see this administration backing off on that, and I think that means that we're in for a real rocky ride in agriculture. Roger, we're, we're out of time. We need to let you go. But I wanted to commend you and Farm Bureau working together on the opioid crisis in this country. And uh, a lot, uh, you know, there's yeah, so much work that needs you. to be done there. But uh, uh, commend the two groups for getting together and addressing this issue. And, and yeah, wish you best of luck moving forward on that. Thank you. Roger. Yep. Take care, Roger. And again, happy National Ag Day to you. Same to you, Mike. Take care. Bye bye. All right. That's Roger Johnson, president of the National Farmers Union. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Paul Neifer, CPA with Clifton Larson Allen. Get his thoughts on this proposal to fix the 199A uh, tax situation, which uh, they haven't got that passed yet. Uh, there's some uh, opposition to that. And where are we with the tax reform? Uh, package there talk about making some changes in that how does it all impact or potentially impact agriculture we're going to talk about that with paul Neifer. that's coming up next on this national agriculture day thanks for joining us stay with us it's aoa adams on agriculture If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is mobile help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with mobile help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press 
press of a button. I pressed the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. ESN is a responsive nitrogen. That means it does something amazing. This. That's the sound of ESN getting ready. Carefully, quietly calculating the exact moment to respond to your plant's needs. Why is that amazing? Because while other nitrogen might denitrify, volatilize, or leach away, ESN stays put inside its polymer coating, saving your nitrogen investment until... The same triggers that spur plant growth tell ESN it's time to get busy and deliver the nitrogen your plants need. And ESN's controlled release technology means your plants get season-long feeding. Remember, when it comes to nitrogen, this beats and every time. Effective nitrogen, that's a given. Responsive nitrogen, that's amazing. That's ESN. Go to smartnitrogen.com to learn more. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back on this National Agriculture Day. 
Activities, ceremonies going on at USDA today. Vice President Pence says the tax bill will lift all boats, including American agriculture, and calls the GOP tax bill a major win for agriculture. Let's talk about taxes with our next guest, CPA with Clifton Larson Allen, Paul Neifer. Hi, Paul. How are you? I am doing good. Would you agree with that statement that the, the tax uh, bill is a uh, major win for agriculture? Is there a lot in there to help agriculture? I would say that on, yes, I would agree that uh, for most of agriculture, there are certainly uh, good parts of the new tax bill. Uh, certainly the current Section 199 Cap A deduction for sales to cooperative in the current form is a great deduction for agriculture if you sell to cooperatives, but uh, I think, uh, as we know right now, Congress is certainly maybe trying to, quote, fix that, if that's the right word, So, uh, uh, which that's probably creating a headache for me right now as far as calculating what that new deduction really is. Let's talk 199A. Uh, it turned out to be something that, uh, you know, when the co-ops were saying, protect us we don't want to lose something they wound up with way more than they asked for and now they're trying to go back and fix it and kind of give back what they got because it did create an unfair advantage uh, a lot of uncertainty out in the in the marketplace uh, but there's opposition to the uh, proposed fix uh, what's your take on this yeah I, I, I think you know certainly I, the, the mandate was I think is that they wanted to sort of go back to the old 199 for cooperatives. You know, as far as cooperatives dealing with farmers, they wanted to go back to that and allow that to happen. But in addition, they wanted to also provide some relief under 199A if a farmer dealt with a cooperative. Because if it was simply the cooperative deduction under the old 199, for most grain farmers, that was not going to be a large deduction. Uh, so in that case, if you went simply back to that, then you would tilt the playing field over to the uh, to the non-cooperatives. So I, I think the idea as to this fix as it's currently proposed is that you're going to have a situation where it's not going to be very easy up front to know whether it's better to deal with a cooperative or better to deal with a non-cooperative if you're a grain farmer, and that's what they were trying to accomplish. Is it perfect? Uh, I don't think so. Is it going to create a lot more fees for farmers to have somebody like us prepare their tax return? Likely, yes. Yeah, it's a lot of work to get back to where they were, basically, get back to what, what it was before they made the changes. And now, as so often happens, the politics of it set in because what we're hearing is uh, Democrats are opposing it unless they can get something else changed in the tax bill that they want changed uh, so they won't support the, the proposal to fix 199A until they get some changes and other things. So that really muddies the water even more. It, it extremely muddies the water. And currently, you know, right now it's retroactive back to January 1 of, of this year as if, you know, the current one never happened. But if it doesn't get passed with this March 23rd uh, bill, then, you know, is it going to be in April that it gets passed? Is it May? Is it June? And then at that point, it's pretty tough to then tell your farmers, hey, uh, you got to completely ignore what, what is really in the law. This is the law. I mean, uh, they haven't changed the law, so this is the law. So it's just messy, and you're dealing with politics. It's similar to, you know, under the old ACA where Democrats wanted to 
to fix the problems with ACA, and the Republicans said, well, we don't want to help you because you didn't consult us. Now the Democrats are saying sort of tit for tat. Uh, you know, you didn't consult us on the tax law, so we're not going to help you fix it. Yeah, there, I often say this about a lot of issues in Washington. There's no moral high ground for either party here. They both do it. I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned what you're hearing from our. This is a huge issue. What else are your clients, your farmers uh, that you work with, uh, asking you about and wondering about when it comes to taxes? Well, I think uh, part of it is they know most of it uh, really applies in 2018. So the 2017 returns really didn't change too much. There was a provision that allowed bonus depreciation to be uh, completely 100% on assets acquired after September 27th. So that affected the 2017 tax return a little bit. What I'm hearing, I think, besides the 199A, is a lot of farmers are concerned on Section 1031 exchanges not applying on equipment trade-ins, not necessarily at the federal level because of the fact that they get bonus depreciation, but at the state level. You know, you might have no effect on the federal side and over on the state side, you might face a bill of ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars that you weren't planning on. So that's that's certainly uh, one area that I that I hear some concern from farmers, especially in states that don't, which is most of the states they don't allow bonus depreciation and very small Section 179 deductions. So that's something that's definitely coming up right now. Well, good news for job security for folks in your business. Uh, all the all the talk about we're going to simplify taxes and make it so easy we don't uh, hardly need a tax preparer. I don't see that happening anytime real soon. No, and and I, I did a webinar back in December, and somebody had asked from the audience, you know, how big is that postcard going to be? And I said, well, it'll <laughs> certainly be three by five. But I said, I don't know if it's inches, feet, or yards, and now I'm leaning toward yards because it, it's going to be – well, I've prepared a spreadsheet, uh, which we're still in the process of vetting it. It probably took me about 10 hours to actually come up with a spreadsheet, work through all the itinerations, and now with this new fix of 199A, I've already come up with about five questions. That I'm not even sure if we're going to know the answer until the IRS comes out with some regulations. So uh, it, it's going to be difficult to uh, provide that much advice right now. And the three words that CPAs hate to say, but I think we got to do it right now, is we don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the the biggest postcard ever. I think it's you know I always yep. shake my head. I don't want to laugh because it's not a laughing matter, but I shake my head in disbelief when people say we're going to simplify taxes and we're going to get a farm bill done early. Those two things never happen, you know. So I I don't know why people how could, they can say those things with a straight face. I don't know, but uh, they always do. Well, Paul, good to talk with you again, and uh, we'll get back in touch. We'll see what they do with this, uh, especially the 199A situation. They get it fixed or not, and we can uh, come back, and hopefully we'll know a little bit more then and have some clarity to that part of it anyway. Okay. Sounds good to me, Mike. All right. Take care, Paul. Paul Neifer, CPA with the firm Clifton Larson Allen. All right, thanks uh, for joining us. Thanks to all of our guests. Uh, Chris Clayton, who tried to give us a report from Washington, D.C., had phone problems. We're going to try to get him on uh, back on tomorrow and we'll give us a recap of the uh, activities and more activities going on all week there in Washington, D.C. for National Agriculture Day. Also tomorrow we're going to look at the, the serious challenges facing rural health care in this country. That's coming up tomorrow as well. Hope you'll join us. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. The mighty Prosoro. King of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality 
and higher yield. Use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network.